Thanks for tuning in to the special Fashion Month edition of the Glossy Podcast. I'm Jill Manoff, Glossy's Editor-in-Chief, and today I'm being joined by Jude Ferrari, designer and founder of the four-year-old Parisian fashion brand, Jay Simone. The brand, which Jude has described as a cronut, she'll tell us why, hosted a Paris Fashion Week runway show on Monday. I wanted to ask Jude, who went to school at Central St. Martin's and has worked for brands including Zara and Jacques Mousse, about her brand's unique positioning in the market. I also wanted to ask about why it's important for her young, decidedly cool brand to have a presence at decidedly traditional Fashion Week. Welcome, Jude. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Excited to have you here. Oh my gosh, I got to hear all about your show. So this just happened on Monday. Today is Thursday. You're recovering. What was the theme today uh, this year? Because last September, I went, I attended, lucky enough to be in Paris at the time. And there was like, I would say like a racing theme. And there was amazing iconography with the Starbucks, I think Marlboro, Ferrari, obviously. <laughs> what was this year's theme? Exactly. Uh, this time the theme, like the collection is called Sandwich. Because for me, uh, like the sandwich really personified the fact that nowadays we don't take time to do nothing. Like even eating, we have like to run and to like still walking while eating because we need to do like two things at the same time. So I called it sandwich and I really focused on the beginning of the fast food and it started during the 50s. So I, I really wanted like a collection based on the 50s uh, waitress was fast food uniforms. And oh my gosh, so cute. So yeah, it's all around this and like the fast uh, life of our society kind of. Um, for example, I, I really... Um, I tried to, like, I designed totally a new uh, fabric. Like, it's a jacquard fabric that if you see in one way, it's one uh, pattern. If you turn it in the opposite way, it's another pattern. So it's just to show that we uh, we have, like, our focus time is so speed that we need always to be stimulated. And so the fact that even the clothing you're wearing is changing so you can be bored <laughs> because <laughs> it's changing all the time. So it's really, uh, yeah, showing that the society uh, never stops and it's always like moving and mo the f more fast, the, the best, like Amazon, Amazon now. <laughs> like it's really like yes. the whole like um, Amazon Prime. Like if we could have Amazon literally now in 10 minutes, we would love to have that. Even though we would not even understand how it works, we would love Amazon 10 minutes. <laughs> it's just to show Everyone all loves those. Yes. <laughs> oh, I mean, your show, I would say, there, it's not boring. It's fun. I To set the scene, there were like in the middle of the runway, there were models walking on like these walking treadmills like what was happening <laughs> yeah it was like the the like the place of the show was um is a really cool restaurant it's a new one it's all based on like retro vibe it's really like pinky and and red with a lot of neon so it's really for me like the the place was perfect for like this topic of the collection and the thread meals was a bit for me to show that they are some like kind of zombie waitress that are serving forever. Like even if there is nobody, they're still walking. And as well, the fact that nowadays we, 
once again, it's all the whole topic is like fast life. Like we, we never stop. We have to run, even though we are not doing anything. We are still on our phone. We can't focus on a movie. We need to be on our phone. So, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Is it important? I, we talked about this last year also about the, it's not just fashion. Like you're using your show to deliver a message. Uh, you're usually tapping into, yes, culture and what's happening at the time. Would you say that message compared to last year has, it's greatly changed. How are you speaking to the moment this season? Yeah, like I never want to be like politic or really, I just want to speak about the society in a funny way, like to make jokes about the society and just to highlight facts that are quite crazy, but we are so used to it that we don't even see that it's crazy anymore. So it's just to <laughs> highlight stuff with humor, even though it's a bit... um not politic, but it's a bit targeted. Like I point it, uh, not always with like, it's always fun. It's, it, it, even when I'm speaking about serious thing, I always need to put fun on it because I'm, like I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is your, is your um, customer Gen Z? Uh, for, P.S. I saw, speaking of sandwich theme, there's a sandwich dress and, and you have this amazing retro diner theme happening and nostalgia is so hot right now especially among gen z like who's your shopper my shopper they're quite uh i'm not really targeting uh like an age specific age it's really like a state of mind like for example two women that may be like 50 years old that came to the show they were all dressed in full J. Simon, and they're like regular customer and there's like into art, like they're artists, but they're not in, like they're not in fashion. And they love to wear Jessimon just because in Paris, it's really rare to see designer that are not doing only black or costume or stuff that are really wearable and really um, commercial. Like I'm trying to do things that can be worn by anybody, but sometimes as well with like funny pieces that are wearable, maybe by less people or just for like specific time, like um, celebrations or whatever. But uh, yeah, it really depends. I think I'm. What is fun with J. Simon is that I'm really creating kind of a crew. Like people wants to wear J. Simon not just for the brand, but like because they're joining kind of a club in a way, and that's what I love yeah. because it's kind of a big giant. Uh, like family wearing colors and, and glitters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, tell me about the how your customers finding you. First of all, is that have one of the reasons why participation in Fashion Week matters? Are you selling in multi-brand retailers? You have a beautiful website. Thank Are most you. of the sales happening there? Yeah. Uh, so a lot is happening on the website because most of people find me through Instagram. A lot. Uh, like a lot of Americans during like last season uh, discovered me thanks to Emily's in Paris because I had two looks in Emily's in Paris. So it really like, uh, yeah, it was really great for that because a lot of people could have discovered the brand uh, through the show. And I am sold the only country where I'm sold in um, like wholesale place. It's in Tokyo, like in Japan, sorry. Uh, so there is like four uh, boutiques in Japan where you can find some Jessimon, but in Europe, not yet. <laughs> 
trying, trying to <laughs> convince like, Europe, but it's quite hard when they're used to black and white. <laughs> yes, oh, you're so right. It makes perfect sense that your playful fashions are resonating in Tokyo, are resonating on Emily of <laughs> Emily in Paris. Like she's so fun. Uh, how does something like that happen? That placement in Emily in Paris, a, a stylist found yeah, you. Yeah, sty- a stylist. Talk, find, talk to me. Yeah, yeah, a stylist find me, and then we like discussed, and they went to like my PR agency, and they just did the selection, and and yeah. <laughs> Well, tell me, I, I mentioned in the intro, I don't want to tease people, the idea of the cronut, you a little, you kind of described your take on, on fashion. Um, tell me about that cronut comparison. <laughs> yeah, I, I love like to compare the aesthetic of uh, G. Simon to a cronut. So it's like the mix between the elegance of a Parisian croissant with the eccentricity of a sparkle donut. This is J. Simon. <laughs> I love it. That sums it up. <laughs> Thank you. You mentioned Tokyo. Last last season, did you show exclusively at Tokyo in Tokyo Fashion Week for fall 2023? Yeah, exactly. Like I the theme of the of the collection was a kind of street fighter. Like it was villain. The name villain in French is like super villains kind of, but villain in French means as well sassy in a way. Like it's really a mix of superhero and sassy bitch kind of. <laughs> so I really want <laughs> to, yeah, it's, it's kind of a gameplay. Like when you say someone is villain, it has a double sense. So I really wanted to play on it. And so the inspiration was really Street Fighter. So we recreated a video game. And in the video game, you could play with the looks and fight with the looks of the collection. And so during the presentation, you can come and like, you could come, sorry, and play uh, the video game during the show so it was quite fun because you could see like the garments and then you could see it in the video game and it was uh, quite crazy uh. that is so fun do you think you'll go back to Tokyo for fashion? yeah I would love to I'm really thinking for next season I have no idea yet but I really love uh, Tokyo I love uh, Japanese people they're really open-minded they, they're not even caring if it's crazy or not they just see like the fashion, the art, the colors, and they're not like, oh, it's too much or not. They're just like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and yes. I love like this open-minded, um, yeah, way of thinking, which we are missing a bit in Paris sometimes. <laughs> Yes, I understand. I mean, in America too, <laughs> we could use more of that. Um, tell me about your I guess, path to launching your own brand. You have this amazing training, Central St. Martin's, the best come out of Central St. Martin's, you know that. Um, <laughs> and then you worked at some some very, um, I would say, influential brands. Um, d- the decision to go at it alone, what drove that? What gave you the courage? What's been challenging so far? Yeah, a lot of questions. I, I think it's because even when I was working for others, I was keeping on creating for myself. And... One day, it's actually started during the COVID, the idea at first, because my first collection was um, was not even selling anything. It was just like for fun to show the creativity, etc. And so this collection really uh, was the beginning of the press and the press really loved Jessiman. At first, I wanted to do it, but more to have fun and just create. So I did a full collection during the COVID and because I've seen that there were some clients asking to buy the press that really wanted to borrow the clothes for editor, uh, like editorial and stuff, I thought like, yeah, just keep going. Just, yeah, 
do it yeah. really and now it's part of me like actually it never stopped because from school I never stopped created it but now uh, I really have like the goal to to be sold in many more boutiques to to be known not me but like really the brand itself like me I don't even care in a way the only thing is that I it's when someone buys something from the brand I really feel like I don't even see the kind of the financial part I just see like wow someone is gonna create a story have a life do stuff do stuff for the first time maybe or the with this clothing and I feel that it's crazy because they're buying kind of something that I work so much on it that yeah it's this is the like how it builds the brand is when people wear it and and I love how they style it and really it gave like a story to to the the clothing and that's what I love actually <laughs> yes yeah would you say that you've really um you've picked up on the concept that whether it's an actress or an influencer, I also saw Ashley Park from, yeah. from Emily in Paris wearing the brand, which is awesome. Like that has an impact on sales beyond awareness. Yeah. Or how would yeah, you describe yeah. the importance of getting it on people who other people are watching? Uh, it works. Influencer, maybe less weirdly, uh, or maybe it's not the good influencer that weren't like not the good influencer but like the targeted influencer uh, that warns it but yeah I think it really like especially minis in Paris really helped for sellings uh, a lot like I could see the difference and even it opens to another country because it's really followed by Americans and even uh, from Arabic countries uh, after the show uh, which is amazing. So I think that, yeah, my, I would love to wear, to, to, to dress, uh, more celebrities because, yeah, it, it gives a lot of visibility and it's even fun to see, uh, to see, uh, once again, like your work worn by someone like that has, uh, so much like charisma and, and that could like, yeah, where is it to like crazy? Like I would love to dress someone for the Met Gala. That would be like a a dream. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Maybe the next theme will be sandwich and you'll luck out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be so timely. Um, tell me, because you're so creative, like, would you say that, was it essential as you started your brand to maybe find the business partner or um, somebody, or you just kind of figured it out. Um, what would you say about that balance of business versus creative? Uh, actually, I'm alone, like literally alone. I'm just, I said yesterday to someone, so I'll try to, to translate this, this, uh, this uh, sentence is that I learn after falling, like literally. I would love someone to help me not to fall and to learn without falling. But well, because I'm alone, I need to, to, to make some mistakes and then I learn, which means that it takes me a lot of time to like succeed in a way. Like in each, um, each steps, it's really like an achievement, first of all. And it takes more time than when you are supported financially or by someone that knows. So the more the time goes, the more, um, uh, like there is people that is helping me and I'm so glad of that because 
because it, it, it doesn't just help you for the business. It helps uh, earning some, like gaining time, like not, not wasting time. Sorry, my English is so bad today. <laughs> no, you're killing it. I love that about falling in every step. I mean, it's like a lesson learned. We should But, all be fine with that. I think it, it's a learning curve or a learning, like if we don't yeah. keep trying. Exactly. So <laughs> we'll whenever I have like problems, I just like take the problem and I'm like, okay, solve it. You will solve it. You will find a solution. And next time you're not going to do this mistake. So you will like uh, uh, gain some time. That's not a word, right? Like you're not going to no, waste that, it. That makes great least. sense. Okay. Yes, that makes great sense. Well, we have a lot of entrepreneurs, young founders who listen to this podcast. Like, first of all, ideally funding, is that going to come in well, to achieve your goals and your dreams? Are you looking for a financial partner or yeah, um, yeah. maybe that'll be, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. would be great because for now I have like... The money comes from the sales, but not only. I have to have other jobs on the sides still, which is hard because, well, actually, whenever wants to build a brand, you need money. If like your parents doesn't have money for you or if you're done taking credits, you have to have a job after, like beside. And if you don't have time to have both, it's hard. So you need to find a job that allows you to have time to do your passion. And uh, so, yeah, it's consuming a lot of money so if I had more money I could have like a team a, yeah, a team that is more um, because for now they're always moving like each six months it's turning there is some people that are staying but really few of them and it would be so great to have like stable team which is super important like your team is one of the most important thing for creating a like a, a how we say society <laughs> Yes, uh, to create, yes, uh, community, or what am no. I trying to say as well? Like uh, uh, this word. Uh, team. Like even just to create a brand, like uh, I have like three people in mind that I would love to hire. It's just that because of a lack of money, it's not possible for now, but they're still in my mind for sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's really, when, when you create your brand as well, you just have to, if it's not your dream, if it's not a patient, You're going to drop so easily because so many, many problems happen to you every day. So many disillusions, so many things that are telling you, yes, we're going to do that. And then never like nothing happened. So yeah, if not to drop, I think that you really, it has to be like part of you. Like really something that if you stop, you, I'm not going to say you die. I'm not such a drama queen, but you're, you're like, if you stop, but, it's yeah. like you lose something, uh, like you lose almost an organ. So yeah, really you have to believe in you, believe in the fact that you, it's going to work one day and just never stop like holding this, uh, this tree. <laughs> Even yes. if there is like, Good a, for you. like a tempestuous, uh, just keep, keep it sometime. It will work. <laughs> It'll work. <laughs> well, I see that you have some PR happening. Um, you obviously saw a show worthy of an investment. You've had partners in the past. Crocs, Swarovski, I know, was a partner um, for your shows. Um, yeah, tell me about, first of all, uh, what's worthy of, of spending money on now when money is so tight? PR? PR, yes. Uh, yes, it's important because like, if you're not in the press... 
people that think that you're not worth it because it's as if when you have the little blue tag in on Instagram, you're like, ooh, who sent me a DM? Uh, even though you can buy it nowadays, you still are like, ooh, who sent me this DM? It's the same. When you're in the press, you're like, oh, this girl is in the press, so she must be someone. So if you don't have a PR, rather you have your own... Uh, your own, uh, like, you know, people that like stylists that can borrow uh, your pieces, but it takes a lot of time as well to like take care of the shopping that comes in, out. Um, and so the PR really uh, is, uh, is useful, but as well to have like a commercial showroom, like for yeah. after the show, you need to present the the pieces to uh, buyers, like buyers from world sellers or like, yeah, uh, some stores that can come and make a selection and buy, but they will never buy the two first seasons. So you need to at least uh, <laughs> like do one <laughs> one year of collection for nothing. Then maybe they're going to buy. Yeah, th this is how it works. <laughs> I'm just yes. like saving a lot of time for you guys <laughs> if you're listening to me. <laughs> Because this I didn't know. And <laughs> so I was really, really uh, sad. And that's normal for every brand. And that's crazy. But that's the industry. Yay. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, write it down. Gosh, we are running out of time. But I would say if, if you do get one of those orders, if, if it's a Bergdorf, it's a whatever, um, do you have that? Would you say you have the production capacity to like fulfill a large order? Or that would also kind of be a little scramble and a learning curve? Uh, no, no, it's fine. I'm working with uh, some factories, some ateliers. So all good for Amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah. place those orders folks and <laughs> really last question what can we expect from you in 2024 uh to expand the the brand to like other shops really to be in more shops um maybe to end to enter the official calendar of uh, paris fashion week because that would open a lot of other doors and that would be great because for, for now I'm on off calendar, uh, which is already great, but it would be even better. So that's my, that's my goal. <laughs> More eyes on this amazing brand. Well, Jude, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. Thank Good you. to catch up. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> that's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to The Glossy Podcast. See you next week.